The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, and welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and we are here once again. What up, Greg? Darren, you know, it's Monday night again, man. What's it's up? Monday. How are you? I'm good, man. We, I can't believe, yeah, you know what? This is a good week, man. This is a good week. All good stuff is happening this week, man. I'm getting my COVID shot on, on Friday. And you getting I'm, the second dose? Second dose, baby. I'm going to be 100% immune. That's how it works, right? 100% immune. Congratulations. I'm everything. pretty sure. I think it's I think it's 120% Oh, immune. yeah, 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 yeah. I can't get nothing now, bro. I can't even get a cold. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's got the number 19 in it, you can't get it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight is a special night, man, because we have the the one and only Will Thompson tonight. And he's going to educate us on what it's like to, to uh, be a person that leaves the financial industry and d- decides to become a full-time musician, man. I think he's crazy, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, he must be a little crazy. I mean, we're all crazy, but you know, as long as you can channel the crazy into a positive direction, hey, that's 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 what it's all about. There you go. But uh, but before we we bring Will on, and uh, man, Darren, we got we got a whole bunch of stuff happening this summer that we need to to plug real quick. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We got a we got a brand new summer camp called the Sanaa Music Workshop, and this year we're going to do it 100 online because. Because of COVID, y'all. So we gotta make some we gotta make some changes. And you guys can go and uh check that out on our website at secondlinearts.org. Totally. So if anyone, if anyone has a uh a, a young person, if you know any young people out there that between the ages of 14 and uh maybe say 22, uh, who are pers- actively pursuing music, whether it be in an in-school setting, uh privately or taking group lessons or some sort of uh, you know, some type of music program like that. You know, please direct them to uh, secondlinearts.org and uh, you can find out more about our program. This is going to be our fifth year. Hey. And like Darian said, we're going to be doing it virtual. We have some amazing artists, cats like Marquise Hill, Braxton Cook. Uh, we got Miss uh, Bria Skomberg. Absolutely. Don, and a bunch of, bunch of amazing, amazing musicians. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely trying to uh, create and uh, make the, the most amazing virtual summer camp experience possible. So check out the website and uh, get registered. And uh, we hope to see you over the summer. That's right. We got some scholarships. and um, So don't worry about the money. Just sign up and we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, also, Greg, we have a brand new newsletter. And we want everybody to go sign up for our newsletter, especially if you listen to this podcast or watch this podcast. Um, go sign up for it. And it's, it's, it's basically, we call it Take 5, but not the cheesy kind, like the cool kind. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And me and Greg Sep- are- Set break. <laughs> set break. I like that. <laughs> we'll we'll um, take turns kind of writing different little blurbs to you guys about creativity and success and running a nonprofit and all the other beautiful things that we got going on. So why don't we get right into the show? 
And, so, we're, uh, man, we're so, super excited to uh, bring on this this our, our next guest. Uh, his name is Wilbur Thompson, and uh, I met him here in New Orleans. He's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic bassist, and also a uh, an amazing songwriter. And I heard we're gonna we'll talk about this a little later, but he's gonna be making his uh, his singing debut and also uh, the debut of his uh, his new album coming up soon. So we're gonna hit on that. But we're, before we do that, we, you know, we really want to talk to Will about finances. Will, I think Will has a very interesting story of uh, being involved in the financial industry and then leaving to become a musician. So I think uh, you know, Will's going to give us a lot of perspective on how to prepare um, for a career in the arts financially. So y'all, let's give it up for Will Thompson. Will, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hello, hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Can you see me? We can hear you. Hey, we yeah. don't see you. Look beautiful, man. Wow. Look at you. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Got all this hair on my face now. COVID, the COVID beer, man. The COVID beer. <laughs> man, you got you have a distinguished, a distinguished beard, man. Because you got that touch of gray in it, man. It's okay. so beautiful. <laughs> what's, what's, what's that commercial? Just for me. <laughs> That's old school right there, bro. That's old school. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, well, well, how you feeling, man? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I am so happy and proud of you guys for this uh, project you guys put together, especially the Second Line Arts and this podcast. You guys do some great stuff for local independent artists and young musicians. I appreciate it, man. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, let's jump right in, Will. Let's let's get a people uh, an overview of who you are and where you come from and... Uh, and, and and let them know why you why you gave up all that millions of dollars to pursue a career at <laughs> at the base, man. Oh uh, man, well yeah, man. Well, I, I I grew up in South Carolina. I you know, son of a PK kid, you know, so I grew up playing music in church, playing bass in church, mm-hmm. and trombone. Actually, grew up playing all that in church, and I went to college, studied music as a, was a classical trombone major. Actually, oh, um, what you were a classical yeah. trombone major? <laughs> yeah, man. Are you wow. serious? Wow. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Oh, I never that. knew I that. Classical trombone for four years, and I got to college, and they had an upright bass in the closet. I was like, oh, man, I want to, I want to like, I like jazz. Let me like learn how to play this thing. So, to get out the closet, they had some guy come in maybe once a week, and they thing you know, I was playing gigs on bass versus <laughs> trombone. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna so tell y'all my that. bass. I have, a, I have a great bass joke. I'll tell y'all after though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you got bass and trombone jokes, right? <laughs> no, I don't mess with trombone players. They, they kind of scare me. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I uh, I did that. I studied both both of that. I went to school in Rock Hill, uh, school called Winthrop, right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. So I kind of cut my teeth on the. Uh, I grew up playing golf in my dad's church. Uh, got to college and started playing jazz uh, more. So cut my teeth on the Charlotte jazz scene with. Uh, Notice some cats like uh, Steve Gordon on the line. He was a uh, cat. I know you guys in New Orleans know a lot. So kind of did a lot of work with him and Ashland and those guys. So I did that in college. And as you guys know, sometimes life just hits. So I uh, ended up looking for a, a job, which was supposed to be for a short amount of time. Uh, and I applied for a job at a bank and they had this fancy name. It was like relationship banker. I thought it was a teller. I was like, I just need a money. I just need a job for a few months because I was going to move. I was going to move to Atlanta and I was going to do all this soul music. I was like, I'm, I'm heading out. So I just need a job for a few months. And lo and behold, this this job, uh, it was like a 
basically a personal banking job that I had no idea. They stuck me in like uh, Ballantyne, which is one of like the ritzy areas of uh, Charlotte. No, I didn't have any um, educational training in finance, but I, you know, I was pretty good on my own. So they stuck me in this area and said, here you go. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you was yeah. going to come on here and tell me you went to school for, you know, in mathematics and this and that, but you kind of did it old school. You was like, I just showed up and said, I can do this. Old school. Well, well, you know, along the way, I've always been good with money. Like, you know, my parents set me up with a savings account when I was like 13. Um, when I got to college, I was always, I, I was going to talk about this later, but I, I, you know, figured out how to take my, my money that I made from, uh, like that I got from my refund shit and I treated it like it was a job and income and I sectioned it every month and paid myself and paid that's how I paid my bills. So I always had kind of a, a mind that worked like that, you know, budgeting. And I was creating budgets for myself and my friends uh, in college. <laughs> so when I got out and I got to this industry, it kind of made sense. It was what I did for myself already. So I just did it for other people. Um, yeah. So I did that for two two years, working on I had this bank, BBNT bank, did relationship banking. I did personal finance. I uh, did consulting. I helped out with, uh, you know, like credit. Um, did a little bit of uh, prepping for business banking, a little bit of invest, not investing itself, but kind of helped my clients, moving them in those directions. Kind of did a little bit of everything. So I did that for two years. Uh, took a break, worked on a cruise ship for a little while, um, which is how I met Ashton and Greg. Uh, <laughs> you met Ashton on the cruise ship? I met him playing a gig in Charlotte. Uh, wow. And I had to take a break. I played a gig in Charlotte. He said, like, hey, man. I met the first time I met him. You want to go on a cruise ship with me, man? I'm about to go and do a, a tour on a cruise ship. So I uh, was like, yeah, let's go, man. So I took a break. I uh, did a couple months on a cruise ship. Uh, came back to the bank for a little while. Uh, taught school for a year. And then I tried to do the music thing once uh, right after that, and it failed. So I went back to the to the financial industry, and that's when I went to work for an uh, investment company for the next six years. And I worked from, I did everything from um, being a product expert and a knowledge bank for clients. And then I moved on to an area where we, I worked just with the financial advisors and because uh, they were all independent. So they would call, call us uh, for like questions about their products, about retirement accounts, you know, the ins and outs of that work. And then I moved from that area to what was called, I was um, an integration manager. And so I took um, advisors who, let's say, worked at Bank of America, but they felt like Bank of America was taking too much of their profit. So they said they want to go on their own. They would come to my company and I would be one of the guys that would vet them, that would take them through compliance, um, check everything, you know, and then help them, you know, walk them through setting their office up and, you know, moving their clients over. So, we did a, so I did that for six years. And then that's when everything hit the roof. <laughs> and is that when you came back down to New Orleans after? Yeah, yeah. I, after, uh, so after those six years, you know, life was, I mean, I, I'll tell you guys, I had brought a nice home at that point um, in Rock Hill. I, you know, I, and I'm not sending this to, to brag, but just to kind of tell you where I was. I had like a 5,000 square foot house. I was taking trips, going to like the Bahamas. Just, I was, I was living, I was living that. Um, but something was missing, and uh, a really good friend of mine, I don't, I don't know if you guys know know, our, know Chris Bullock, our, our tenor player, plays with Snarky. So me, he's one of my 
he's one of my closest friends. We, we, we grew up together from like, you know, like 13. And that's how I started playing jazz. Me and him, put a, he put a trio together. And we, I'd be in his room. He playing CDs. I'm trying to, you know, just gospel bass player, trying to learn Ron Carter bass lines. <laughs> um, but he, he was coming through town. And I, and I you know the band was kind of getting it going. He called me to come see a gig. I was like, oh, man, I really wish I wish Miss playing. I was still playing at church a little bit. Still playing the gigs, maybe on Saturdays here and there at a at a at like a Sullivan's, you know, little steakhouse. But never, I was wasn't really playing. You know, I was working all day, sometimes twelve hour days. So I was like, okay, I missed something. So I went and said, Chris, I'm coming to visit. So all right, so I, I went to New York, stayed with him and Miles for a week. I said, man, this is too fast. I can't do this, man. I'm a little country boy. <laughs> So I called Ashlyn. I me and Ashlyn I lost touch, but I said, Ashlyn, hey man, you in New Orleans? He's like, yeah. So I'm gonna come visit. It's like, come on down. I came down for a week and shouldn't have did that. I went out there for a week. Never came back. I went. <laughs> I, I came back home. I turned to my two week notice in my job. My parents were like, what are you doing? I put my house up for sale. Uh, my my boss was like, I left to go on vacation and now you are you leaving? I, and I was like, sorry, put my house up for sale. Packed up my little car. I had my bass, I had my upright, my electric, two amps, and clothes. And I was like packed up driving on the street. I ain't never, I never even driven to New Orleans before that. I'm just. Wow. Boy, that's, incre- that's an incredible story, man, because there, there's another level of love that you have to have for music for you to give all of that up. You know, it wasn't like, you know, like me and Greg, you know, we was 18, we ain't had nothing. We were just like, all right, we're going to be musicians. Like, you, you yeah, know. we had nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not a, not really a big deal when you choose choose it at eighteen, but when you when you make a career in something else and you're really successful, for you to be like, you know what I'm gonna do, you know this house, man. I don't really need this house, man. It's because I it was just you living in a five thousand square foot house, right? Yeah, yeah. I I had some previous life, but at that point it was me living in a five thousand square foot house, man. Just, just me, man, and it was. Wow. Uh, 5,000 square foot bachelor pad. That's, that's <laughs> insane. Bro, I've been living in New York too long. I don't even know how big 5,000 square feet is, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> my New York, first New York too apartment big. was probably 100 square feet. And <laughs> and it was like, has a closet. You're like, yes, has a closet. <laughs> uh, man, but that's a good point you said, man, because I made that jump. I was 33 when I decided to to move to New York. So I, I had been out of college for about you know, 10 years, 10, 11 years at that point. So this was like, okay, no net, let's go. <laughs> but like I said, uh, which I'm sure you guys get to, I, I have been doing some preparation in my mind, you know, financially about how to do this. So <laughs> Okay. What was that so preparation? I'm oh, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Let's yeah, let's 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 dig into that. Cause I I'm like listening to this. I'm like, all right, you're yeah. obviously the most courageous one of the three of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 all ears, Will. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, I'm how a, did you get I'm a big it? I'm a big believer in faith. You see behind me I got this thing, this thing, you know, my mom uh faith here but i um i the idea had been in my mind for a little while like okay i'm i'm I miss playing music i miss playing music right but at the same time i was always a saver like i said i always believed in you know saving for the emergency so you know i would get extra money and and i would put always i would put it in my account you know i i would take those trips sometimes but i would make i would live way below my means in order to stack away because, like I said, if you have, when you live by yourself, you have this kind of house, these kind of bills. All it takes is one or two months that you don't do well, and you are on the street. 
So, um, you know, in any industry. So I didn't make sure I had um, a backup. So I would take, you know, the little money I made, I would take bonuses, I would work, I would work extra, I would do those type of things in that industry to to stack up. And when I made the decision to move, it, it wasn't a blind decision. It was a big decision to leave all that. But I had been stacking up to a, an amount. I had in my mind, okay, I know how much I think it's going to take me to live, let's say, about a year. Um, if I had no gift, I had no income. So I was like, I, I want to go there and give myself a full year. If I fail, I'll go back to Charlotte, go back to my to, to my whole life. Um, so all that was predicated on me having the opportunity to pursue the career. Um, and that took some finances to be able to do that. Yeah. So. Now, Will, man, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm big on saving and all of that stuff too and investing yeah. and, 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 you know, I always say that the only person I know who is debt free is me and Greg, it's yeah. <laughs> especially in the music industry with, with people going to school, oh, yeah. school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What can too, just or anybody do to kind of prepare themselves to go after a dream like you did? You know, like what, what are some well, practical yeah. things that they can do? Well, man, there's there's several. So I know a lot of people who are who maybe listening are probably you know, full-time musicians. So there's a couple of things. Some of them are less popular than others, but uh, one would be, you know, like I did, I had a day gig. I took a day, I took a day gig, but uh, eventually, you know, I was going to leave. So, uh, you know, taking a, whether it's a day gig or a side, a side hustle, I guess you would call it, a side hustle, and using that hustle for the intent for an intent, because they always say, if you don't plan your money, your money will plant you, right? So if it's something simple as something as simple as uh, I can't, I can't think. I mean, I, I did everything from when I was a little kid. I, I would like mop my, you know, I would clean my grandmother's uh, business. You know, I would take every little dollar and put it in an account. So something as simple as getting a second, uh, a second job. Uh, usually that's the easiest way to do it. If you can't find a side hustle that doesn't interfere with your main income, then that's going to let you save freely without adding into it. Uh, I guess, you know, for musicians, things such as, you know, teaching lessons, uh, you know, working in the school system sometimes, or or just get, like I said, a, a side hustle at a, a restaurant. I know I have friends, I have a really good friend who's a monster tennis player, you know, and he started waiting tables because he was getting really good tips waiting tables, you know, and just doing something like that just to get to a point to build a cushion because all you really need, in my opinion, is uh, like about a good three-month cushion uh, or what they would call an emergency fund, something that would get you to the point where I can get some breathing room. You always want to, in my opinion, you always want to start off at least a good month or two ahead. Um, So let's say if you're in high school, or you're in college, that's a great time to start. Uh, that's a great time because sometimes your parents are still helping you uh, or sometimes you're getting a refund check. Let me tell you, your refund check is your best friend if you get one. I promise you, um, that's an easy way for you to, to go ahead and stack away for four years if you're getting a scholarship. Don't use it. Don't go buy shoes. Don't go you know, buy stuff you don't need. Put it away. Because after four years, you will be amazed at how much you have to to go into to give yourself a fair shot to to, to pursue a um, career as a gig musician. So. I love that. 
I love that. I'm so happy to hear this. I there's there's three of yeah. us. Debt free, <laughs> no school payments, none I'm, of that. Don't I don't owe anybody anything. Man, I, I dude, you know it's 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 funny because I'm like listening to you say all this, and it's like it's kind of just the way my personality's always been. I yeah. think Darian's kind of the same too. Um man, was there was there like just just out of curiosity, man, is there like an incident or like memory that you have that like kind of like inspired you to save and things like that? Like, man, like how, how did you get, build that into your person? I know some people that oh. just spend like crazy. Um, man, you, you know, I think like I said, when, I was, when I was 13, I started, my, my grandma had a daycare center and after school I would go and I would like mop the floor, clean the bathroom, you know, they were, I would just like do the dirty work and I would get like $20 a week. I work five days a week and get twenty dollars, right? <laughs> and um, and then I would also play at my dad's church. You know, when I was in when I was in uh, school, but of course that's my dad, so it wasn't like he's gonna like we ain't really paying you no money. You're my son. <laughs> you playing in this church? You go sit down and play this bass. <laughs> so, but a little bit I got, I started just putting it into an account. Um, on small, uh, even something as silly as when my parents would give me lunch money when I was in school, you know, to go to lunch, I would take half the money eat lunch and the other half I would save you know so instead of buying lunch I would go to the machine and get cookies and a soda and I and that I, I funded my first you know real nice trombone doing that throughout um, um in high school so but what really so I think it was natural but I think what put me what made me start saving is I knew I wanted to be a musician and the musicians I knew were all broke and they were struggling and I was like I do not want to be broke I don't want to struggle i i don't mind not having a lot but i don't want to have to i was very independent i didn't want to have to call my mom and dad that was a big one i didn't want to call back home and say uh, i need some money to pay my rent you know i did not want to do that so i said whatever it takes to to do this i have to and for me the easiest way was the extra money i got because i went to school and i didn't have to pay for school thankfully whatever money i had let's put it in an account you know you don't have to go hang out on the weekends I already had, I had a decent instrument. It wasn't the best. I was using the school's bass for a while. So I was like, take all this money, put it to the side. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think it takes a, the word is discipline. It takes a lot of discipline just to put yourself in that mindset and think of the future. So the answer to the question was more so, I just was afraid. I didn't want to go back. There's too much pride. I didn't want to go back and ask my parents for help. That's what made me start to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's funny because you took me back to my first refund check. And, and, and Greg, no, <laughs> no, no, I was not frugal. I went to the drum store, you know, took some girls on some dates, you know. So, like, back in college, you know, shoot, take a girl to Wendy's, my dude, you know. like it's just <laughs> But I spent all my refund checks, man. It, it took me a long time to, to kind of get myself together, um, it, my, my brain together. And you know what, Will? Maybe, yeah. maybe you read this book, but the first book yeah. I read was The Automatic Millionaire. You know about this book? Yeah, I, I don't think I read mm. all of it, but I, I know there's a couple of, of, of methods to becoming a millionaire. I know, I, yeah. I know there's, there's some methods in that one, but yeah. That was like the first financial That's the first book you said you read? The first financial book that I read, I got it at yeah. Barnes & Noble back when people went to bookstores. You know? <laughs> oh, man, with, with, with the coffee shop in there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some people in here might remember bookstores, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> what a the smell of it, <laughs> man, man! What a books, but but that's 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 amazing, man. And I, I was just in the comments asking people, man. you know, would they would they 
give it, what would they do to to achieve their dreams? You know, like what, what would you do to really, and, and that's something, because you've done that. You, you did anything that needed yeah. to be done. And I'm curious, like, because you talked about failure, like, like the one time you, you try to be a musician and fail, what did you learn from that experience of, of failure? Well, this, oh yeah, you learn a lot. So um, what had happened was I, I was teaching, I was teaching music, general music in uh, school. So, students, I'm sorry for y'all who had me as a teacher. I apologize. <laughs> I was not prepared to be a teacher. <laughs> but I, I, I hear, and at the end of that year, I said, okay, you know, I'm not going back. I'm going to give this this thing, this music thing, a shot. Um, and I had a little bit of money saved, but I wasn't prepared of how I was going to do it. So I just was like, whew, I'm in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm going to play music full time. Uh, and I, I didn't really plan on, like, was there really a scene there, you know? Because uh, you have to be realistic. Like, Charlotte, there's a lot of great players there. And there is a scene, but at the time, because I had been out in another industry, I wasn't really in that scene and I hadn't really taken the time before I just jumped to like make those contacts. I was playing those weekends, people knew where I was, I was playing like the restaurant, some of the stuff like that, but it wasn't anything consistent enough where I was getting those type of gigs. So uh, I, I went in and I basically just gave it about a good year and said there just wasn't enough work for me to to really maintain so after about a year i was like i gotta go back gotta go back to the end but I, I, but what i did learn is if i did the next time i knew that i needed maybe a bigger cushion so i can give myself more time and i needed to do the preparation like before i jumped out there you know start making those connections with the people that were in town or or people that knew who i was so uh but also what i learned is i learned that i was uh I learned that there was more music in me than I thought because when I went on my own, I, I had to I had to take on more of a business mind and personality. I'm a I'm an independent contractor now. I'm my own business, and it and it made me start thinking a little bit more uh, outside the realm of just a side man. Because I was like, I'm 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 gonna I I, I learned that I went broke doing that. <laughs> just wait for people to call call me for gigs. Call me for gigs, and I. Um, so, so Will, may, maybe I want to, I want to dig back into the finance thing a little bit, but yeah. you were, you were, you were saying again, like get a cushion, yeah. get, you said, uh, aim to, to get like one to three months of, uh, living expenses in the bank and secure. Um, what are, what are some other, like just, just basic, yeah. uh, pieces of advice that you have for musicians, but also everyone yeah. uh, to kind of handling their finances? Main thing, first thing, most important thing, budget. You gotta have a budget because like i was saying before if you don't plan your money your money will plan you and it's not always that you know as musicians or as artists or creatives or anybody who works who doesn't have a uh who has irregular income it's not always that you don't make enough money it's just sometimes you don't uh budget it right so for me the budget is key because the budget does three things uh well first of all what is it a budget it tells you <laughs> What your income is, what your expenses are. It, it tells you what you know, what you made this month, or who paid you what. It tells you who you owe. <laughs> it tells you when you owe. And, you know, it, it gives you a visual, a visual representation of your cash flow, and that's important. You you got to start there, otherwise you you behind the eight ball. So it does it does that. Um, the second thing that 
why I think the budget is, is, is key is, like I said, it helps you to organize. Because as a person with irregular income, you have to, your your income changes every month. So how well, somebody who has a, a, a nine to five years pays every two weeks, you can do a budget and set it and it's done. Um, but as a person with irregular income, it's a living document. You have to update what you made each month and you have to like be resilient about it and you have to um organize and track everything but i i, I had a friend i had a friend i won't say he was but he made good money plan and but for some reason like this guy, his lights will always get turned off um i mean crazy stuff his cell phone get turned off and it was like the money will just be sitting on the counter i'm like dude you have the money here but it was just it was just like the creativity was super high there, but it was just not thinking about when is it, when is this bill due, you know. So something as simple as a sheet that has, uh, uh, who's uh, I'm trying to think of the people in uh, New Orleans that, uh, not Duke Energy that's here. Uh, oh, in Energy, March fifteenth, hundred dollars. That's that's all it is, right? You, but it's it's a visual because. What it does, it helps you to know how much you how much you've made, how much you owe, and then the the best part is what you have left over because you really can't start getting to the savings until you get to the left over the overflow, and that's what it helps it helps you to see how that cash flow goes. Um, and and so once you get used to that, um, it's 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 important. Like I said again, musicians, in particular, especially in New Orleans because of those seasons you know everybody knows new orleans has those dry seasons you have like from the beginning of the year up to jazz fest where it's like okay you can play three four times a day if you really hustle right and then you and then you hit june and it gets hot and hurricane season then it gets drill about september right so something like a budget also does what it does is if, if you're making this money consistently then what it does is it helps you see, okay, you know what? Every month I have $500 worth of bills due every month. I'm making surplus. So let me figure out, I, I'm going to have four months of drought. So I need at least $2,000 I got to have to pay these bills. They're not going anywhere. You're making that surplus? This this document tells you, okay, each month set aside this one I'm getting. I got to overflow, put this away. So I know I won't go broke. I know I can eat. I know me and my babies won't be on the street. You know, that kind of thing. So, um. So, so that's so that's the first one. I don't think I think you can't even get to the saving part until you start with a budget. Like I said, as as simple as what it is, what you make, when it's due, or who you owe. Absolutely, when it's due. Well, you know what you're talking about right now is a, a system, and so I always tell cats, yes, if it's really easy, if you can find a system that works for you. And personally, what I do, mm -hmm. just the way my brain works, is I like spreadsheets. You know, so I put. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm weird like that. So I put everything in a spreadsheet and I've been keeping spreadsheets for so long. I can see a pattern. I'm like, oh, I know that every year at this time I make this much. And I, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can predict mm -hmm. every year yeah. for year for, uh, for decades at this point. <laughs> like I'm weird, bro. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. let me see. 2010. I, I mean, okay. I know exactly how much I made every yeah. year. Also it helps with taxes. Dude. So when it comes time to, uh, Dude, I Go ahead. Yes. That's how this whole thing came up. This whole idea that when I made the post about this, I was yeah. talking to my accountant. Okay. <laughs> and we were just talking about how so many musicians just, you know, so things like, you know, that some of us may take for granted that we do. Not everyone does it. 
you know, like I said, putting a system in place, mm-hmm. something that's simple. You no, know, it can be your spreadsheet guy. Right. You can have somebody that has an app. You know, I, I have about four or five systems. I have a spreadsheet. I have a like I write down columns of what's there. I have this this tracker app that tells me, you know, what I've made. You know, I can break it down to who I owe. I can go back, like I said, 2016. I can see what I made. I can see what I've paid. You know, what my taxes were. And it makes it easy. When I go to my account, and I'm like, ooh. And he's just like, ah, everything's there. I don't have to ask you a question. Just let me copy and copy down. So, so, so that's key. And I'm going to get into more de- detail with that when I do some of these uh, posts. But once you get a budget, then the next thing, the most important thing is the savings, Greg, what you're talking about. And there's different, but there's different types of savings. There's not, everything is just, just isn't savings. You just don't take money and throw it in an account. That's, again, you're not planning. And then when you're not planning, <laughs> your money is going to slip away. So you want to have the emergency fund, right? I feel like you should start with that first. You know, I, I believe you should try to get at least $1,000 in your account first. That's a, that's a, a, a account, a number I think you can, can attain to get there first when you save and forget about everything else you get to this thousand dollars right that's your cutoff point when you get you stop and then i then in my mind you start paying off debt okay but that's that's another thing i'm just talking about savings now you get to that point where you get a thousand dollars and then you you want to grow that thousand dollars now the amount is based on you what a lot of financial advisors would say they say try to get three to six months, right? A minimum of three months. And what that three months is, is you, what what are your debt? What's your debt? What's it going to take you to get through a month? You know, not the extras, not, you know, if I want to go hang out with the boys on the weekend, you know, like what is it going to take for you to take care of your responsibilities for three months? You save that in your account, right? And you don't touch it. That's not, it's called an emergency fund. Um, what's an emergency? Your car breaks down. You don't have any gigs, and you got to pay your rent. That's an emergency. Emergency isn't ah oh, man, I saw those tar- those hot Jordans just came out. <laughs> that is I want to take this trip to blah blah blah. I want to take this trip to you know, you know whatever or you know, and like this will hit a lot of people. Oh, I just got my fourteen hundred dollar check from from the government, and we about I'm about to go, I'm about to go blah blah blah. No, that is not the time. To do this, this, this is, and this is going to be the key because I know musicians aren't going to. Musicians are very fortunate in this time because we finally were able to qualify for things like unemployment and get these kind of these checks. This is not the time to splurge. You know, this is the time to be disciplined. So, um, so the emergency fund is key. You know, I try to get up to six months, six to months to a year, but at least three months. You know, that gives you a good cushion. The next type of saving account you want to have is. Saving for uh, like for a big event, right? You know, like those one-offs where uh, for me, I'm going to the studio, right? I knew I was going to go to the studio, so I'm saving because that's going to be a, this one-time event this year that I'm saving for. Um, some people call it a sinking fund. You know, it's just money you're you're putting into that specific for something. And now this could be where okay, I, I am going on a trip. Yeah. This is where yeah, that could be your vacation, could be your, okay. your recording session, could yeah. be a wedding, whatever. Yeah, and, right. Two dollar exactly, Tuesdays. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs> see, what what you're doing is, and see, that's cool. You're talking about two dollar Tuesdays. You're you're giving it a you're giving your money an intention. Yeah. You know, you're you, it's an intent with it. This is intent for this. You no, know, not I can't. This ain't an emergency. If I can have some, 
And then the third one that I like, you know, there's many others, but the third one I like to talk about is uh, is your retirement mm, account, absolutely. right? You know, now I'm not going to go into like a whole bunch of investments because, you know, that's, I really somebody who holds a current license to talk about rules about that. But the basics are, um, <laughs> basics are, uh, 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 say account or an IRA. All right, these are retirement accounts. And the only difference one is an account that you put money into before any taxes are taken out, which means you get that break, you get to do that from your income, and it's just like gone before they ever see it. The other is that's that's the the uh, IRA, on um, the traditional IRA. That's what it's called. The Roth IRA is okay. I've already paid taxes on this money. So I'm putting this in afterwards, but um, and so I don't want to get too too far into that. But they both have limits. They have certain amounts you can put in. I think it's like six thousand dollars maybe for an individual now. But they have limits you could you could put into those accounts. And what's cool about a, a retirement account is, and you could you could do the numbers. But this guy was telling me like if if let's say if you're a musician right and you, you know you're thirty or no not thirty you're just out of school for whatever reason you got some money if you can put the maximum. Five, usually five, six thousand dollars in that account. Um, every year, if you can do that, be disciplined, which I know if you can do that. And let's say it's something like a mutual fund because it's kind of safe and the, the rates have been pretty steady for the last 30 years. Just something small, not even big. By the time you're a retirement age, you legitimately would be a millionaire. Um, there's, there's this this advisor, he he called, he had wrote this book called The Everyday Millionaire. And he, he, uh, he interviewed like thousands and thousands of millionaires, right? And most of them became millionaires from retirement accounts, so 401k plans. And people don't realize that is a tool that the government put in place, uh, but it's a tool that we can take advantage of because if you do it consistently, you know, 30 years down the road, you really would, it's an easy way to save. So you got $2 Tuesdays, uh, you know, you take however many you can do for $2 Tuesdays and do that for a whole year. See how, how much money you got? Man, look, I've been so I've been so saving for the last five years. And let me tell you, when we go, it's going to be crazy. You're going to have a good time. $3,000 Tuesday. <laughs> Will, I, I'll tell you this with, with retirement <laughs> savings. You know, people think, people are like, oh, I don't have money, extra money to be saving. But if you look at the average cost of a car, it's around $364 a month if you yes. finance a car. You only got to just not finance your car and then save a little less than 200 more dollars. And they, there's just $6,000 a year. And, uh, you know, you know, most of the time your car is parked yeah. anyway. So you, you don't really need that. You, you just exactly. need to get a car that's going to get you to where you're going get you a used car for 5,000 yeah. bucks. And... Darian, that's, that's a, uh, something that is huge that you said. You said, you know, like car payments, houses and car payments are usually the two biggest debts that we have that's would be considered good debt, if you want to call debt good. Uh, you know, where, where where you live and and how you get around. But a lot of times, unfortunately, sometimes we're in a society of overconsumption. And so that's where it's the planning and sacrifice comes. If you know this car for $5,000 can get you from point A to point B, let's say you're in New Orleans, you never leave New Orleans because all you're getting is New Orleans in the first place. <laughs> you know, you got the street car, you got the bus. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, um, instead of buying a $25,000 car that he said, you take that money that you saved up, you know, that, that sinking fund, you saved up for this car. And like you said, you take that $200 a month and there you go. 
you let's God you get 50 years old and then you get authorized, can't do anything else. You have a safety net now. You know, you don't have to be one of those musicians who are 80 years old and still up and down Bourbon Street trying to play a gig because you can't afford a stop. Or when something happened to your ass, we we ain't got to pay for your GoFundMe because I'm tired of paying for y'all GoFundMes, man. Hey, save your money, man. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Please give me that idea. I do want to say, I do want to make a a public service announcement while we're here. We are not professionals. (laughs) So this is for entertainment purposes only. So don't sue us. If you do what we say and it don't work out for you. All right. So let's carry on. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I made sure I I put it on my post. I was like, I have not a financial, I don't have any licenses. (laughs) I'm sharing with you. What I've learned and personal things that work. Yeah, it's right. funny because like listening to all the things that you said, you you just dropped, I mean, amazing advice. And and for the most part, you know, we haven't dug into numbers or anything extremely complicated yet. Yeah. And, you know, for yeah. everyone watching or anyone who's about to watch, you know, I think everything that, you know, for me, it all comes down to live below your means. You said that a little bit earlier. And as long as you don't live above your means, like, I think that's like the plan to success as a musician or in anything in life, really. And, you know, I think I I see like everyone comes from different financial backgrounds and their families and things like that. But I think, you know, it's, you know, live below your means. You know, you never know when the shit's going to hit the fan. The shit will always hit the fan at some point. Like, you know, my my car blew up in January. My laptop, my car got broken into in December. Like everything went crazy. And... Oh, you're wow. talking about the savings yeah. account. I was just so blessed and lucky to have the opportunity to have saved some money to, to replace those things. And so, you know, just look, spend less than you make. <laughs> Dude, like, like you and Darren, I know you guys have both, you know, toured, tour, toured a lot, you know, and, you know, some, a lot of times if you're fortunate to tour, you may get a little excess and you would plan a normal gig, right? Yeah. And that's, Perfect opportunities, like you say, you know, you 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 out, you out for a month or so, you get a big chunk. Take that big chunk and spread it out. You know, just think about it first. Think about what you have to go through. Don't just like let it go because I got it. So, Man, I remember getting to know, a big right. argument. It was like someone was like, "You making all this money now? We should get a nice house." And I'm like, "I'm living. I'm paying the same six hundred fifty or eight hundred. Like I'm, you know, because I, I don't know when the gig's gonna end. Really, right, right. You know, COVID. And COVID. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then COVID." <laughs> And then something like COVID happens. Yeah, man, I tell you, Will, I I had a few, quite a few years back, I, I had like a couple really good years, man. Like you know, and yeah. because of my discipline, like I'm on the gig, I didn't I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go out to drink after the gig. I was like, you know, I'm gonna pay my student mm-hmm. loans off with all this money, and, and that's what I did. But I didn't do nothing. Everybody's yeah. like, what you doing after the gig? I'm going to bed, dog. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, Cass is having fun, drinking this and that, but. That shit's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. But now I'm free, baby. So, you know, all... Yeah, yeah. And that's important, man. But, Will, we're getting close to time, man, and I don't want to miss an opportunity to to let you talk up. You're making a country record, right? (laughs) It's kind of close. It's it's a folk record. Oh, yes. Well, look, man, country our music, first of all. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. (laughs) Country folk music, dog. That's We created that shit all day. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and that's actually one reason why yeah you, that's deep that's kind of what, where I'm, I'm going to as well that's yeah awesome. that's the, the bottom hole absolutely so we let, tell us about it man okay well well Greg knows uh this this project started probably three years three years ago because I came to Greg one day at Starbucks I was like man I got this idea here's my music but I don't really know where to go you know because I'm I'm known as uh, 
Fulbright player, electric player. I play mostly jazz. A great, you know, great gospel. ukulele bass player too, man. <laughs> ukulele bass. <laughs> that's that's hey, that's my genre. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kala, Kala music, Kala brand music. <laughs> but um, I uh, grew up in the church, right, playing, and I saw I always had this gospel in my ear. But in the Car- in the Carolinas, it's a huge folk state, right? Um, so you know, uh, James Taylor's from the Carolinas. I mean, like, just all, all this music is here. So from the age of six to 12, when I was in elementary school, my teachers, my music teacher was playing, like, John Denver, you know, Take Me Home, Country Road, to the place I belong, you know, that whole thing. You know, when we were watching public access, uh, PTS television in class, that's what's playing in the background. So this has been absorbed in my mind, not even pick, picking up on it. So... You know, fast forward, you know, the first couple of years after college, I'm, I'm writing music. I'm a jazz, I'm writing jazz tunes, right? I'm writing jazz tunes. Maybe one out of seven actually sounded good. But I'm like, I'm a jazz, I'm like in this cool jazz. So eventually I got, a, I got an acoustic guitar, right? I got an acoustic guitar and it opened my ears. Like I went back to like John Diver and James Taylor because I started hearing the sound. So I started writing and everything had lyrics to it. Um, actually, I started journaling. I went through some some issues, relationship issues. And the way I got through it was writing some, but I never intended anything for it. So I did this for a period of years. Then I, three years ago, I realized I had like an album's worth of music from like heartbreaks, basically. So, um, and, and you know, so the songs were kind of a little bit sadder in nature. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to like, depress people with my music. But then I kind of sat down and thought, and I was like, well, I, I want to tell people my story. I want to encourage others because three things that I, when I was going through these things, I, I wanted somebody who could tell me it's going to be okay, but it could be anybody. It had to be somebody who had gone through what I went through because it wasn't going to mean the same if you couldn't be empathetic what I was going through. And I wanted somebody that, that can show me how to heal from it. So I was like, you know what? This music can help people. So I basically have this, this album of uh, experience, I call it Experiences. Uh, results and revelations, and that's what this album tells the story of. It's just it's it's like those clusters. That's what and uh, so it's gonna be dope. Uh, my boy Jameson is producing the album. Jameson Ross, shout out to Jameson. Um, he's gonna produce the album. I got this, uh, you know, a, a array of musicians that you know I've met along the way. Uh, I'm singing on it, which is y'all pray for your boy because. Uh, I'm going to be singing and playing. I was telling Greg, I'm going to be, I guess I'm going to be the Bob Dylan version of uh, It's Proper Talk. <laughs> this, this low, raspy, you know, like I said, uh, you know, type of thing going there, you know. But, oh, well. but it's super exciting. He's here as a leader. I love all the bands I play with at the side, man. This is the first time for me to kind of get my, my heart out. And like I'm doing with the finances, this is a way for me to try to use what I've gone through to encourage others and to let them know it's going to be okay and let them know it's okay to feel the way you feel. So uh, it's going to be a folk, it's going to be a folk mix. It's going to be a folk and gospel mix album. So I'm really excited to get that those vibes. I'm sure it's been done before, but I'm really excited about having this gospel vibe along with this folk and soul there. So, so it's going to be dope. Yeah. Well, when the record comes out, we're gonna have to have you back on. Uh, we'd love to, to share share some of the record and and help uh, pump pump the uh, the new debut. Yeah, and I also want want to do that because I'm this is gonna be like self funded, right? And I want to 
I, I want to share and I want to journal with with everybody. This is something you do yourself. This is the steps I took during these next two, three, four months I'm going to be embarking on how to fund this. And this is how I save for this. So I wanted this to be a practical application as well uh, of how to how, what we're talking about. So. Well, that all of that is beautiful, man. Any any how can we connect with you? All the people out there listening, how can they find you on the webs and where you at? Sure, sure. So you can find me Instagram at Wilbur Thompson Music. Uh, you can find me Facebook at Wilbur Thompson Music. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Wilbur Thompson. I think it's Wilbur Thompson. Uh, my uh, website should be going live. I'm, I'm probably going to, once the album gets going, it's going to probably go live in the next month or so. That's also Wilbur Thompson Music. So if you just remember Wilbur, W-I-L-B-R, like Charlotte's Web, Wilbur, or the bass player Wilbur Ware, you know, Wilbur Thompson Music, that um, you can find me uh, wherever you want to. And I will be doing, probably be doing like a weekly, for the next four weeks, probably doing a weekly post or some of this financial information we talked about, but a little bit more in detail. So. Awesome. Well, hope, man, that's that's beautiful. I forgot. I just saw that press picture of you, and I forgot. Like you're also like the most dapper, best dressed dude on the, ever. <laughs> <laughs> every time I forgot. Every time I saw you, always wear suspenders and a bow tie, looking like a million. Suspenders bucks, and bow ties. Suspenders and bow ties. That's right. <laughs> that's my thing, man. Go back to the Hall of Runners. Hey, the original folks. Come on now. <laughs> but look, Will, man, it's, it's been beautiful, man. Thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project, man. We really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. My name is Darian Douglas. And I'm Gregory Ajit. Thank you so much, Will. We really appreciate your time. Hey, All right. Appreciate we'll it, guys. Later. We'll safe. catch y'all later. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. All right. <laughs> <laughs>